It's Monday again. Hope y'all had a great weekend and that all y'all out there are currently safe from war. Welcome to the Stephan Era podcast, the home of all things faith, religion, and culture. And today, today, we're going to talk about church, right? Mainly my own relationship with church because I church and I don't church. Now, what does that mean? It means that I go to church on Sundays, but I also understand people who want no parts of it. I have a history with church, right? Church being the building and the organizations that proclaim God. Now, truth be told, most times you find everything but God there within the wall. So I get it. I completely get it. Uh, When people don't want to go or they don't want to invest, I completely understand. No pressure, no problem. Look, I've been fortunate enough to have some great men and women in my life who are part of the organization, but the deeper you go into the organization, like the mob or something like that, look, it gets really, really difficult and dirty and tough. And it's not so much that people are broken. It's more so that people are hungry for power, for authority, and for position. Most of the times, it's some of the old folks who've been there for years and years. They donated money, they paid a pastor's salary, and it's the only thing in their life currently they can control, the church. And and they can control, you know, nothing else that's going on in their lives anywhere else. But at church, oh, you best believe grandma gonna make sure she try her best to manipulate and have her way as often as possible, as often as she can. They want young people to come to church and to join the church, but it's mostly from the standpoint of numbers, right? They want youth there so they can grow in population, but they are unwilling to grow through the actual practice or through the actual principle. I heard older folks, you know, make fun of younger people being on their phones, make fun of how they talk and dress. I heard one older lady say, look, the church is getting a TV in the sanctuary over my dead body. You know, I cannot make this up. The church is literally dying because some of the older people within the church do not have vision. Right. And then they they want things to say the same. They want things to be the way that they have always known it to be. And they stingy in a way because they want the youth to come in and to convalesce them and then go down with the ship with with big with a big maybe in terms of maybe one day you can take over maybe one day you can lead the movement right but for now just come in do what we tell you to do and don't get too wild now i'm not here to rag on old folks but that's just one of the reasons why the church has lost its power today and that's why we have churches and liquor stores almost on every corner at least out here in la right and nothing changes if you have a church on one corner and a liquor store in the other corner you know, same block, then one of them two should win, right? The, the church should run the liquor store out of business, but the liquor store run the church out of business. You got more liquor store members than you got church members. I'm just saying this happens every time. And we talking small churches, right? I'm not talking about the big mega churches because most of them are fake anyway. That's right. They are fake anyway. In most cases, if you're listening to or you're watching a mega church pastor with very few exceptions, very few, you are listening to a false teacher. You know, you feel good maybe sometimes while you're watching them but the next day you can't remember a thing 
and, and your feelings go away right after that experience. You know, you've been robbed, baby, straight up. You paid a motivational speaker to make you feel good about yourself while giving you nothing to improve yourself. So basically, you paid a drug dealer to get high. And then best believe Sunday after Sunday, you that faithful client that just keeps on coming back to catch that high again. But your life is just not changing. Now, I know I'm pissing some people off right now, but I'm from there. You know, I've been to church and been in the church for over 20 years. I went to seminary school, got the master's degree to prove it. And it's just sad how many people are attending churches that are many businesses that are ripping you off. Not to mention the seminary school itself, which is a whole other podcast. So we're not doing that today. But you really need to assess your church and start to use your brain to be thinkers of what is really taking place. Right? Some of y'all been sitting up under people for years and still don't know much of nothing. You still saying things like God won't give you more than you can bear when it's not even written in the scriptures, right? You can't wear hats in church. You got to put your finger up when you walk in places. None of that's in the word at all, but you do it and you show good attitude when you're challenged on why you do what you do. Now, I don't think God died on the cross for all this foolishness. That's just my personal opinion. All these churches and no power, literally, right? All these preachers and no healing. All these words from the Lord and yet no change in the lives of God's people. Coronavirus showed up and showed out. And what do we do? We close the doors to a lot of the churches, right? But then we want people to believe in the same God that we serve when our loved ones and our love and our lives are looking ragged. You know, our lives are looking ragged. And people that we know that say they believe in Christ are looking ragged. Right? We looking ragged. You know, we sitting there waking up without our without our wigs on. You know, it's looking all out of place in all the pocket. Now, many of these churches are are really just not from God. That's the real, right? You may be in church right now that God didn't call into existence. So if God didn't call into existence, then that means that the devil did. Pretty simple. See, a devil church don't have to be a church that sits there and curses God out and do all the foolishness. All they got to do is make sure they keep you further and further away from God and give you empty emptiness all day long. And some of y'all, it's like y'all paying for memberships at a gym and all y'all getting is mirrors and bathrooms. And it's sad. You paying all this money week after week for a membership and all you getting is mirrors and bathrooms. So look, I got saved sometime around 98, right? And I entered the military back around the same time. So basically getting into the military was kind of when I also entered into my like professional or my church life. And my first church was great, except one of the deacons there was gay. And when he, we, we had this thing at the church, right? Where uh, if a man hugged you, then you were free to hug him back and you hugged him tightly. But if a woman hugged you, then you wanted to put your shoulder uh, towards the middle. That way you didn't get a full body hug. And, and I think that was there. So no one can say anybody touched them or, or abused them or anything like that. Right. So with a man, you gave him a full hug. You embraced him with a woman. You kind of like 
tap shoulders and you called it a day. Well, the deacon who was gay asked me one day, he said, hey, why do you hug me so hard? You know, and I responded, well, I mean, that's what people do to me. So I'm just trying to do back what's being done to me. You know, you know, it's the same type of mentality of when a man shakes another man's hand and it has to be like firm and all that stuff like that. It was, it was in the same vein. Right. And since I was young, I mean, like really young, maybe my 20s. Right. All I knew was to imitate what was being done around me. And I thought it was safe in that context. I mean, we in the church and everybody doing it, right? So we should be good to go. So fast forward, I tell my play mama, which I love, who was an amazing woman of God, uh, Scipio, shout out to Scipio. If you're listening to this, you're probably not. But if you are, I love you still to this day. Uh, but fast forward, I told her. And then she tells the pastor and dude gets called in the carpet and I feel bad, right? So I'm not trying to get nobody in trouble. I mean, I was just telling moms what was going on. But she saw before me what I couldn't see. So months go by, dude about to leave the church to go to another area, right? Because in the military, you leave different places and go different places. So he tells me, hey, the pastor actually wanted me to meet up with you. And he asked me to come to his hotel and meet up with him. So I said, okay, cool. I do. You know, I knock on the door, no answer. And so I'm leaving and here he come off the elevator. So we go inside the room and he says something like, hey, I'm so glad we finally are getting the chance to know each other with no one else around, nobody in the way, etc. And so I'm kind of like, hmm. I said, okay, cool. Well, hey, bro. I'm, I mean, I'm glad too, you know? And so then he's like, well, well, do you? And I say, do I what? And he's like, well, do you want to get to know each other better? And I said, bro, I'm out of here. I left the room. Now, dude followed me out of the room, down the street, the whole nine, right? I'm walking. He walking with me and he's just trying to say and do everything. Hey, man, I, I'll pay for your hotel for a week. Like, I'll, I'll buy you a plane ticket. I'll do this. I'll do... He was trying to do everything he could to get me back into that hotel room and it just wasn't happening, right? I mean, this wasn't Tinder. Tinder wasn't even around back then. It wasn't, it wasn't some kind of date thing. I mean, bro, I met you in the church, you know what I'm saying? And you was a deacon in the church, sir. So, I mean, I'm a young man. I don't even, you know, how do we even get here to this place, right? And I was in Korea. So I keep on living, get a little bit older, go to another church, right? This time it's in Germany. I think it's called New Testament, right? I wrote some plays because back then I was writing gospel plays. I still do. And I try to become part of this church family, New Testament church, right? And, I, and, and I'm sitting here. And the pastor's name was Dwayne Matthews and his wife was uh, Elder T, T Matthews, right? And it was a strange time again in the church because I wanted to be a minister and I was invited to some of the meetings and things like that. But one of the deacons would stop me at the door and be like, this isn't for you. You can't come in here. So then when I saw the first lady again, she'd be like, why can you didn't come to the meeting? And I was like, well, I did, but so-and-so told me I can't come in here. So whatever reason... And whatever else he was saying behind the closed door to them, they believed him and not me. So it seemed like I'm lying. So time goes on, do some more plays, try to listen to the word, trying to help out, do my thing, you know, see the pastor. We start talking and the pastor's talking about my clothes and, and how I'm playing with the kids a little bit more than what I need to. I need to be a leader. You know, he he envisions me of being more of a mature person. And I guess he has some indignation because I wasn't what he envisioned me to be in order to be that role, to do the things that he wanted me to do. 
So I have suits like that. I was young. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't, I just didn't, I wasn't into that kind of stuff then. I was trying to figure it out, but I didn't have like a direct mentor. But he had indignation. So and the youth leader, the youth leader was sleeping around with all the all the women, all the young girls he could find, and I wasn't part of that. So I also caught some heat from them. And I couldn't connect with them because I wasn't involved in all the mess. You know what I mean? So more time goes on. And one day I'm working a sound booth in the back of the church because I'm trying to be helpful. Now, halfway through his sermon that he's preaching, he continues to preach and continues to preach. And then he says something like, y'all be out here thinking these people fly because they have this color shirt. They have this color pants. They drive this kind of car. They have this kind of hairstyle. And do you know what, y'all? That pastor was talking about me to a T. He literally went through and made time in his sermon to publicly diss me, right? And to describe my shirt, my pants, my hairstyle, my car, everything that I was wearing, what I drove to the point where people literally were turning around in the church and looking at me during service. And some of them even laughing at me. Now, I didn't do anything wrong. Seriously, except for maybe not dress the way he wanted me to. And I didn't force my way into some meetings because I thought I was trying to honor those who I thought were leaders at the time. In the middle of a church service, I thought it was so inappropriate. I had no defense. I could have attacked the pastor. I could have started talking back, but it would have been so out of order. You know what I'm saying? So I just stayed there and felt like a fool. And then eventually I dismissed myself from that church. And this is all when I was young. I was a babe in Christ, literally, you know, and and already two churches where I was supposed to come and experience community and God and Christ. And and yet none of that stuff was there in the first church. I mentioned there was an accountability issue and there was wolves in sheep's clothing. Right. And if I was more ignorant than I was. Back then, I would have been somebody's two-piece. Ain't that right, sibling? Somebody's straight two-piece. The, the second church I mentioned, I was also young a few years in advance, but the issue there was the pastor had an ego issue. You know, what is up with that, right? It was about power, about control. I mean, I had no reason to be treated the way I was treated. And and now I'm very different. Right. And I'm not I'm not this isn't an old me. I'm a victim story at all. So don't don't even go that way. I'm just, I'm just telling you what my life has been like. So now I'm very different because my story is different in terms of why I church, why I endure, etc. Now, if I would have been anyone else. I would have hung this cross up a long time ago and I would have been like, you know what? On church, I'm good, but I'm still here. And truth be told, there's corruption everywhere in the world. Right. But the church should be different, but it's not. Unfortunately, it's not. And that's why I really wish God would flood the earth again. Now, I'm not saying that I'm so righteous that I would make it, but I would take satisfaction in all the evil, including myself, being washed away and purged if that was the final outcome. Listen, this story isn't even done yet, right? We, we already halfway past the time and we ain't even done yet. So I want you to come back next week because next week I want to tell you about part two. I want to tell you about, you know, I told you about the first two churches on my Christian journey. I want to tell you about the last three that I've been a part of and what went wrong there, right? Now, some may believe and may say that, look, Step, I mean, the common denominator here is you, right? And to a degree, that's true. 
and I'm honest about everything I say here. So in this podcast, you will get no lies, guaranteed. And if anyone from any of these organizations wants to come and talk about it or, or hit me up and call me out, hey, start with the email, humbletalent1 at sbcglobal.net, and we can make that happen real fast, like real talk. But the harsh reality is that's even more prevalent is that many of the men and women who call themselves pastors, who have these buildings, who speak motivationally to these people week after week, are not from God. They straight up frauds and they should be shut down, period, period. There should be a system for every person who wants to call themselves pastor today in 2022. And if I had the power, I would definitely restructure it, right? To teach people, you would have to have some prerequisites, School is a must. Some community service is a must. Show me how you've helped those widows. Show me how you've helped the homeless. You know, we need to have a whole clinical trial about this thing. And there should be some tenets that show that you're able to do and be the real person and work of a pastor. And I know people got good hearts. But if you want to be in the NBA, you want to be in the NFL, want to be an actor, director, manage a company, make cars or be a scientist. Well, well, maybe not a scientist, because what the coronavirus has shown us is that these folks change their mind and change the science every other week. But anything else besides that, you know, I need to be qualified. Right. I need to meet some requirements. And there are some measures that need to take place before I am allowed to do what I say I want to do in spite of having a good heart in spite of having a desire. Today, anyone can say they are a pastor. Anyone can say they're a man of God, that they're important, that they are, are, are to be reverenced, you know, but then they do stupid stuff and their actions do everything but represent God properly. But you know what? I don't blame them. Let me tell you why. Because some of you listening to this podcast are still going to send them your money. You're still going to go out there and support them. The reason why bad theology, bad teaching, hypocrisy in the church even exist is because of many of you. Because you keep it funded. And by funding it, you keep it in existence and you keep it going. You have the power to shut them down, to bankrupt them, to at least keep your money and give it to someone who's actually doing the work or go do the work yourself. But no, you just give and give and give and they get bolder and bolder and become more abusive. Right. So I'm saddened for people in these buildings because they can't see the truth. Uh, but I also believe that many of them can't see it because they don't want to. And perhaps you go to, to those people who tell you what you want to hear and do what you want them to do. Now, I don't call myself minister, preacher, teacher. I don't even have titles, right? I don't even use them. And I don't invite myself places to preach or to teach or any of those things. Now, I have preached and teach places, but every time I've spoken somewhere, it has been by invitation. So someone says, can you come? And I say, yes, I can. They say, will you show up? And I say, yep. But I take it very seriously. And also I'm paid for the work that I do to bring you the truth. You know, now somebody argue with that. And I'm not saying that I'm driving Rolls Royces because I'm not. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to make rent like everybody else in the world right now. Trying to pay for this expensive gas like everybody else, right? So that ain't the case for me. But I do do a lot of work and real work. And if you understood the work it took to really do this work, then you understand, too, the value of giving somebody something for the work they do. And I don't use titles again. Another reason why is because I have personally experienced people 
people who call you pastor and minister and teacher and all that to your face when you doing what they think you should do. Or when you being the way they think you should be or acting the way they think you should act. But when you're not doing things the way they see fit, then all of a sudden you are nobody. Real talk. Right. So, so I, I keep to myself. Real talk. Y'all keep to myself, y'all. And, and don't come to me and call me none of that because I'm not here to please you. I'm here to do God's will, period. And people get close to you sometimes and they think they can control you. Are you owe them something? Are you supposed to treat them a certain way? Or you can't say certain things. It's, it's too much. I'm done with it. So, you know, that's really why I don't even say anything. I'm just Steph. This is Stephan Era. That's all this is. But anyway, uh, we're getting off a topic. You know what I'm saying? And, and we're about to end time, too. We've been on here for a minute, right? So come back next week, and I'm going to tell you about the last three churches that I had to deal with and what happened there. Currently, I'm not a member of no church. Well, I go to a couple of churches, but again, next podcast, come back. I'll clear all that out. So, and listen, if you like what you have heard, then share the podcast, right? It's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of podcasts out there. Y'all listen to some things, y'all be like, ah, you know what I'm saying? If I'm one of those ah things, then let me know. But if I'm not, then share the podcast. It costs you nothing to send the link. Tell somebody about it. Let them hear what you heard so they can feel the way that you're probably feeling right now. You know, and if you really love it, then join Ashley and join Chris and send some support financially through Cash App or Venmo. Right. The tags are Stephen G 1963. And it would be acknowledged and appreciated, just like I just did with Ashley and Chris for sending uh, some money towards the app. I appreciate it and I thank you both. And if you just want to hit me up and tell me I'm trash, you know, or you like what I'm doing, then again, hit the email humbletalent1 at sbcglobal.net. That's humbletalent, the number one, at sbcglobal.net. And I'll, I'll respond to you. I'll definitely respond to you, right? And listen, this is just season one of this episode, right? So this is episode like number five, I think we're on. And we're almost halfway to the end of this first run. Next season, I want to get some more people in the booth with me. I got some friends that are out there that are waiting to get involved. And I'm excited about what they're going to bring to the table. We want to have some crosstalk. And we want to keep pushing the boundaries a little bit. But right now, it's just me. A talking head and a voice. But in the future, after I make these millions, after I get some plastic surgery, after I snag me a Kardashian that I get on camera, I'm going to blow up like helium balloons. You feel me? That's what this is about. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> now I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. All right. I don't do none of this that I do for any of that. I do it because the truth is out there and it needs to be shared. And I'm a lover of all people, right? Seriously, all people. I got some really good white friends, some really good black friends. I got I got all people of all kinds, but the truth can't be one-sided. And I'm black, so you're going to hear about that. And I'm Christian, so you're going to hear about that. And I'm part of a culture, and you will also hear about that. So you don't have to agree, but you must be able to see a perspective that's different than yours and at least respect it. That's what you have to be able to do, right? So again, this is the Stefan Era. I hope you enjoying what I'm doing. This is work. So support your creatives as much as you can because it's work to do this, right? So I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Until next time, peace, love, grace. We out.